everyone, and welcome to a 99 Yards podcast. I'm your host, Duncan Terry. Today, I'm joined by regulars Stuart Taylor and Owen Jones. It's a bit of a crossover today, isn't it, draft, draft guys? Yeah, it's um, good to be back on the 99 Yard podcast. Been a wee while since I've been on um, with you, Duncan. Um, been immersed a bit in our draft talk stuff at the moment. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about draft in, in this podcast as well, I'm sure. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh... See the, to see you there, Duncan, and, and just to see the crossover um, from the NFL into draft and how it all kind of intertwines. So I think it'll be good to kind of get some new ideas on the board. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to talk some draft Q&A. Everyone's sent in some questions. We're going to talk about free agency, but I'm springing this on the two guys because it's the first time since. Just really, really briefly, how was your Super Bowl? Oh, that's that, that's been seems like a long time ago. The Super Bowl now it's well in the well in the back of of my mind. Um, very exciting Super Bowl. Um, I didn't didn't have any particular dog in the fight. I was just happy to see a decent game. Yeah, I thought it was the one of the the better ones we've had for a while. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Normally, it gets to the fourth quarter, and I think of some Super Bowls where I kind of think I just want to get this over with. Um, think of all the the Rams and the and the Patriots. Well, that was just absolutely disastrous, wasn't it? I just think I just let's just get this over with. Uh, but I, I think it was just really enthralling to the end. So yeah, I, I, I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I Did mean, I mean, myself, uh, I know this whole story has been done to death, so we won't cover it. But for the second year in the row, I felt we got to 59 minutes uh, with a great game and then the ref ruined it um, with a picky call that they hadn't made all game. But we'll leave that there and we will talk about some free agency going into next year. Um, so highlights. And again, we'll touch on this really quickly because I don't know about you guys. I'm thoroughly bored with it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Stuart, are they moving? Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is moving. He, he said as much when he was on Pat McAfee the other day that he intends to play for the New York Jets. Um, I think it's just a case of now the team's working out the trade package for that to happen. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that one side holds the ace over the other, but I think it's a bit of a bit of both. Um, the Packers know that the Jets really want him, but the Jets know that the Packers really want to get rid. Um, particularly when he's guaranteed a shed load of money if they don't do things soon. So I think it's all just a bit of posturing at the moment, um, just working out that finer details. I think Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet at the beginning of the season. Lamar Jackson's a bit more of a difficult one, I think. I think teams have now mm, kind of have their quarterback plans in place-ish, um, barring any kind of major upsets. And I think that the teams that are going to put down the big money for him probably are, are already set at what they're going to do. Um, Lamar himself, I don't know whether he's going to want to play under that tag for the Ravens. He may just end up signing in an offer that they give him. Now, it's, it's again, it's something that's a little bit played out at the moment. But as we get nearer to draft time, our team's just going to start having a bit of a, a wobble and think we're going to try and throw some money at Lamar. I, I, I think Probably Baltimore is still going to be his landing spot. I think he's going to stay there. Yeah, and my opinion would be that if he was going to do anything, it probably happens after the draft now. Um, you know, teams are trying to put their, their plans in place. And I guess if, if they don't 
pan out, then he's not necessarily a backup option, but he's a, a go-to. You know, well, our guy's not there, but we have something in place. It's just a little bit of, they don't want to upset the guys that they've got in the room right now. We, we saw it in um, in Atlanta where uh, they went after Deshaun Watson, completely um, kind of ostracised uh, Matt Ryan and off he went. So I think you're, you're probably at risk of, of doing that, um, which, which, which it's probably why I think it goes after the draft picks. Um, I only found this out the other day. It has to be your original pick. So it has to be the pick that you you start with, that you trade for the two firsts. So it has to be your actual placing. So like the, the Panthers couldn't use the number one pick unless it was for a trade. They couldn't use that in kind of the... Uh, franchise tag deal so I wonder if maybe people do it after the draft because they can go and get a player maybe it's a top 10 team and then you use your your following two draft picks uh, to go to go after and send them to to the Ravens instead of your top 10 thinking that you're going to be better if that makes any sense at all that did make sense uh, perfect sense uh, I guess in theory that rules some teams out like they say the Panthers they can't do it now I suppose Unless they would accept a trade for the number one pick. Right, right, right. Ah, interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Um, a quarterback that has got a new home, Jimmy G. Uh, Owen, is he really better than Derek Carr? Uh, no, I don't think he is. Um, I think I made the comment, he's like a slimming world Derek Carr, because I think <laughs> they're actually quite quite similar um, yeah. players. Um, and obviously you, you take the the extra cap room by by taking Jimmy G but I don't see anything apart from buying a bit more time because they're going to have to slot a rookie in there eventually if it's not this year then it's going to have to come soon and it's just a matter of how much time that they, they have to play with there in uh, in Las Vegas yeah well we're rattling through these uh Stuart Javon Hargrave goes to the 49ers the rich get richer uh, making the most of these rookie quarterback uh, wages. Uh, for me, the loss of Al Shahir. I must admit, I'm not big on the the 49ers roster. I know that they've lost um, Samuel Ebercombe was one of the players that's that's gone from the the 49ers. Um, but yeah, the Javon Hargrave, I think he is, is a player who had a really good season as a Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they like to rotate their defensive linemen in a lot in San Francisco. Um, they've got the likes of Javon Kinlaw, um, Eric Armstead, uh, Joey Bosa. He's going to fit right into that rotation. And, and I think that, yeah, the good good pickup there because he had, as I say, had a really good season um, with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. But should the name of Aziz Al-Jahir, uh, the 49ers linebacker, who I think they're really going to miss, but with Hargrave, they are going to be superb, frankly, and they're going to own that division for me. Uh, another one in the NFC, another quarterback, Daniel Jones, uh, got quite a lot of money on. Yeah, I don't think anyone was surprised by it in the end. It makes sense to get that deal done, which means you don't have to franchise tag him and you franchise cha- uh, tag Saquon Barkley instead. Um, I think that that was perfectly acceptable deal. There's a lot of talk about the money, but I think if he was to have hit free agency, then he would have got the same deal or maybe even a potentially little bit better, a little bit more money. Uh, so I think it's a perfectly acceptable deal. Absolutely. And they got into the playoffs last year uh, with on the back of the new coach. So a positive thing. The grass isn't always greener, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think the, I think the thing for the, the New York Giants as well, they had an unexpectedly good season. Um, mm. So they were not really in the striking range to, to get a quarterback this year, which I think some people thought they might have really struggled and be in that range. They're, they're well out of that range now. So do they go and get someone else in free agency? Was there anyone that they, you were going to be so much sold on above Daniel Jones after he had a pretty good year last year, to be honest? Not really. Better the devil you know sometimes. Absolutely right. Uh, however, saying that, the Chiefs haven't gone better the devil you know. They've swapped their franchise left tackle, Orlando Jones, and gone for Jawan Taylor from the Jaguars. Um, an unusual one, but certainly saves them a bit of money, I think, which is required, don't you think? I don't think it actually saved them any money. I think they ended up giving Joan Taylor a massive contract. I can't remember the the numbers. It's in, in about 20-odd million a year kicking about there. Um, and he's someone who's played more exclusively on the right side of that offensive line. Are they going to play him on the left side? Um, and I think that the Cincinnati Bengals, who have struggled at tackle at times, actually probably go... Orlando Brown on the on the cheap. I think he was about comes in at something like 14 million per year. Still a young tackle. He's 26. I was, I was surprised that he was actually that young. He's been on the go for a wee while now. Um, so um, unless the Chiefs really didn't like him and there's been some kind of fallout there, I, I don't know why. I personally would rather pay Orlando Brown the money that they're giving Joan Taylor, but there's obviously some some method to that madness. There might be some kind of cap magic going on here as well because well, Orlando Brown you think with him, with him being there already how it will work against the cap because John Taylor like you said it's 60 million guaranteed but his 2023 cap it is only 5.8 yeah. million so there's maybe a bit of a, a you know manipulation of the cap which made, makes it make sense because John Taylor's what 80 million dollars signing um, Orlando Brown around 64 I'm just looking at it there so it is this may be down to just simply how, how they can work the work the contract. Interesting stuff. We'll have to get some capex first back on the pod, I think, for that That's one. Right. Beats me. <laughs> it's something I always think, I'm going to learn how this cap works. And then you start looking at it and you're just like, I don't get it. You ha- it's, it's, it's a very specialist area. And I think trying to make sense of some of how these front-loaded deals, back-loaded deals, void years, Cap hits, signing bonuses, roster bonuses. It, it's mega complicated stuff. <laughs> oh, it's interesting stuff when you get into it. But uh, And then just quickly, talk about your own teams. Uh, my Seahawks, we signed a couple of defensive tackles. We've released four defensive linemen. Uh, only one of them has been picked up, and that's LJ Collier, who probably you know, will be a borderline on the team, uh, probably for the Cardinals. Uh, it's interesting now they got picked up, but they have signed two very good defensive tackles. Uh, other than that, been pretty quiet, getting tight for cap. Stuart, you must be pretty pleased with life as a Dolphins fan. Yeah, I think I think it's been okay. They've got a reasonable backup quarterback in Mike White, who who showed some flashes as a as a Jet last year. He's coming to back up Tua, and I think it's always sensible to have a, a backup option when Tua is about. He's been a little fragile since he since he made his debut in the NFL. Trading for Jalen Ramsey, um, I think he, he had a, not the best year last year. I, I think he's Jalen Ramsey still a very good corner, but are we getting him on a downturn? Could it turn out to be one of these players that we shouldn't really have traded for? I don't know. I, I hope it's not. 
Um, and but the signing I really like is David Long, then the linebacker who's come from the Titans. They got him in an extraordinary cheap deal. I think they got him for two two years, just over tick over ten million. Which and when you see when some of the players who have gone for much bigger bucks, um, I think David Long he's missed some time with with injuries and things, but I think that's a really good shout because we've struggled at linebacker for for a few years now. So hopefully David Long could be the answer there. Um, but I think I think he's the the best signing for the Dolphins this off season. Absolutely right, cracking player, not a household name, but probably should be. It's really really good. Uh, Owen, how about the Falcons? Yeah, I'm very happy with, uh, with 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 what they've done with the amount of cap room that they had. How many teams do we go out and see just splash the cash, giving some ridiculous contracts out? But the Falcons haven't done that, which I'm which I'm pleased about. Some uh, big names coming in. Jesse Bates is obviously a a, a really big signing for the Falcons and one that was rumoured for a while so it's really good to get that done um, and most importantly signing our, our better players along the offensive line in Caleb Bagari and Chris Lindstrom it's really important that we've kept hold of them um, and I think it, the other one would be Taylor Heineke coming in at quarterback Desmond Ridder is the guy for 2023 but it's, uh, it's never harm having a, a backup there who could always take over if it does go south with uh, with with Desmond Ridder, so I, I like what they've done. Nothing nothing overly flashy, um, and say still still loads of cap room going ahead. So I I really like what they've done. I quite like the Falcons um, getting Johnu Smith as well. I think they got him for peanuts yeah. Um, yeah, on so. the on the trade on the seventh round. I knew it was a because he's played under Arthur Smith, of course, at, at mm-hmm. Tennessee as well. Knows the system. Um, and he liked that kind of two tight end sets as well. So might give you the opportunity to move Kyle Pitts around a little bit. Well, not expecting him to be full time tight end might be it might be a decent sign in. But maybe not that Smith's going to be the best player, but it might unlock a little bit more out of Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and I agree with you on Heineke. He's uh, a really, you know, he can be a really good starter on his day, uh, a cracker player to, to back up a rookie. Uh, really smart. Um as we mentioned, this is a crossover pod, and we have come to the draft Q&A section. Uh, now, be nice, fellas. <laughs> uh, some some lovely people have submitted some questions, and let's start with a biggie. Which team do you think will take the risk on Anthony Richardson? Is he one of the all-time boom or bust prospects? Uh, all-time boom or bust prospects for me, Johnny Manziel, another quarterback, but a uh, different style. Um, but I could see it going that way, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. I don't know is the answer. There's so much to like about Anthony Richardson and probably we've not got to our quarterback top five yet, but I'm probably going to put a cash on it. Oh, I might be higher on him than I am. Um, who knows? Um, I can't see him going outside the top five at the moment, the way things are going. Uh, I think that this the spot that looks like is going to be his spot is probably number four to the Colts. I think that's where people have seen him. But if somebody really likes him, can they can they jump him? Because Arizona haven't been shy about saying that they're um, shopping around for a good deal for that number three pick because they're really in a phase that they need to just get good players in the door in Arizona. They're a really deplete roster at the moment. Um, so all time boomer bust. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Um, mm. When you're talking about all-time boomer bust, you're talking like a Jamarcus Russell, that kind of player. Um, even if he doesn't go on to be an elite quarterback, I still think he has all the tools to do a good job. Um, but he could be, he has the potential to be the most talented quarterback in the in the class that's coming out. 
Paul, we're, we're talking about reality versus projection here, but I, I can't see him going outside top five for me. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with you there, um, there, Stu. I get yeah, I don't the boom or bust thing. I'm not quite sure because I, I, we've said it quite a lot on the on the draft podcast that I think he has a much higher floor than anyone is giving him credit for, and I think his floor would actually be quite similar to Justin Fields because the way that the modern NFL works that if you know he can't get through his reads, then he that that completely makes makes sense that they can you know be bailed out in that way. So uh, I would bear that in mind. Yes, some of the stuff he does needs a lot of work. Again, we've spoken about that. He needs to get some get coached up in his mechanics and and just his rhythm. But I think that what he has it to improve on is extremely coachable. So uh, I think that he is more than deserving of being a high pick. And these are the type of quarterbacks that I always end up falling in love with because if I'm going to pick a quarterback sat here in the spare room that I'm picking the one with the highest ceiling every time. It's interesting. It's a very, very polarizing player. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm tape over, uh, you know, physicals. Um, and throughout the college season, he wasn't getting as much love as he is now. Uh, that, that combines really shot him up the board for me. And I, uh, I agonise, um, but it does bring well, me nicely onto one of the that Sorry, is that that I think just for for teams and then the people who are following it more closely that that it hasn't changed anything. And again, we spoke about that on our combine review. Is that 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 the, the combine wouldn't have mattered to teams. It's mattered to the conversation and what you're seeing on your TV screens and what you're listening to. But it, it won't have changed anything for teams because we all knew how athletic he was and the flashes on the film. Are ridiculously high. It's just unfortunate that there are some, some obviously some some really bad misses on 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 tape as well. So it's not necessarily boom or bust, but but I wouldn't. Yeah, what what we what you're hearing right now is yeah a little bit hyperbolic in terms of what you're hearing through the media. But but NFL teams would have would have known this for for weeks well before the combine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned it there, Stuart. Uh, we're talking about to the. Cardinals possibly trading uh, and a quarterback going number three. Uh, then you might talk about uh, Levis going number four. You might see four quarterbacks in the top four. Um, do you think the Cardinals are realistically looking at a trade or do you think it's just draft noise? Uh, would they really turn down a prospect like Anderson? Because the, the, the thought really is that the quarterbacks are going to go one and two. I don't think that they would want to draft drop too far um, because they want to get one of those top assets. But if they could recoup something, I think they would do it because they need they need players in that door. When you look at their their roster, it, it's got holes everywhere. Um, and I think that you could potentially drop a little bit and still get one of those top defensive players if you if you were happy enough with them. If, if they stick and pick, I think it probably would be Will Anderson at this stage. Um, but, yeah, I think if there's a realistic trade partner, even if they can scare the Colts into enough to somebody jump in the Colts to flip a pick and get something else, um, and they would still get Will Anderson or whoever they have as their top defensive player on the board as well. So I, I think they'll shop it around and they'll see what see what happens. But I don't think they're, they're in, a, in a rush that they have to shop it, but I think they will certainly see what they try and get for it. Yeah, I was going to say that they they don't necessarily have to shop the pick, but 
you would be open to offers and you'll definitely be, you know, you'll answer the phone and see what people are willing to pay. Uh, absolutely no question because we're only five picks this year and for how bad that roster is, especially in the trenches, they just have, have nothing. Um, Will Anson is a great player. Does he make a huge difference to them? You know, he's not going to take this really pretty horrendous roster in the end, isn't it? Um, you know, from the, you know, into a playoff caliber team. I, I don't think he's, he's very, very good but the one player isn't going to make the difference. So I think that the way that the Cardinals are molded at the moment, that they just need to start collecting picks and they need more than one good player. They're not a Will Anderson, a way of, of, of being competitive. So uh, I can see, I mean, sticking and picking Will Anderson is, is, would be a really good decision, but shopping it would, would also be if the value's there. Um, and at this point, especially with, with the Raiders taking Jimmy Garoppolo, the the market seems to be dwindling some, especially with teams in the top ten who might want to come up. And I think we've seen that with the with the Bears as well. They were primed to be able to take a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter or whoever they want, and they've actually decided, you know what, that's not going to be the thing that makes the one difference to our team. And they've they've shipped themselves down to nine, but they've loaded up for this year and the following year as well. Because they're in that that cycle, and I think the the Cardinals they've got a quarterback. Cardinals have the quarterback, although he's injured. They're kind of in that same kind of cycle. So, um, I wonder. Yeah, you know, they're not going to get as much as they would for the number one pick, but could could they do something like that the Bears have done and and load up for a couple of years? I think that would be a sensible move because they are so short on talent and short on short on picks as well. Yeah, yeah. The Bears, of course, also getting a really good uh, wide receiver for their young quarterback. Uh, the Bears making smart decisions is not something you see every day. So make most of that one, Bears fans. Um, a lot of questions about quarterbacks, uh, but half of the course really. This is one of mine. Um, I support a team who have just re-signed their equivalent of Matt Flynn and might be looking for Russell Wilson around the third round. I want to know what can you tell me about Clayton Tune, who seems to be a highly rated quarterback in certain statistics. Uh, and, 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 and you know aspects but he's getting no draft love um, also Max Duggan uh, he seemed really good in college but again no love yeah two separate things I'll pick on, on Max Duggan first of all um, he had a I'm trying to phrase this right He, I wouldn't say he was a great college quarterback he, re, he had a good senior season but we also have to remember that he was benched for the start of it and only came in because their starter got injured and what happened no one could have ever seen seen coming so he's almost gone from a guy that's being benched to to them being talked about so I, I would have thought he'd get drafted but I would say very late on and I would say the same thing about Clayton Tune really is that um more of a smaller guy and was there at the senior bowl and it was a really pretty pretty bad senior bowl quarterback roster and didn't really stand out, so that would that would worry me. But again, could be one of those those later round picks. Yeah, Max Duggan did himself no favours, unfortunately. Senior ball, he was just off the national championship game, and there's a there's a, a bit of a ragtag collection of quarterbacks, to be honest. Nobody in the top echelons was was there, and Max Duggan didn't stand out at all amongst those kind of guys. Um, I'm I'm not quite ready for our our, our draft talk bin as yet, but. I'm not. I'm not sold on Max Duggan. I, I think he might, he'll get drafted by someone, but is he going to get into anything other than a serviceable bubble backup? Don't think so. Clayton Tune's a bit of a wild card, if I'm honest. I, I've, I've no idea what to kind of project him 
um, as he's going to be a, a mid to late day three pick for me. Um, is he going to have enough about him to follow in the footsteps of other players like Case Keenum who've come from his college? Mm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I, 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 I could. You know, we're always wrong on people, but I can't. I, I don't see Clinton having much much game time at the next level. Certainly not for the first couple of years anyway, unless he develops rapidly and into something a bit more spectacular. Yeah, I don't know if you would agree with this as well, Stuart. Outside of the top five quarterbacks, there's not an awful lot. The, the kind of the next guy that people thought had some potential was Stetson Bennett from Georgia, but he's had a horrendous pre-draft process that... Um, you know, declining invites to all-star games and, and, and what getting arrested and all sorts that people were, and, and think teams have actively thought that he might be out on playing pro football so he's had some serious questions to answer um there's just there's not a lot that i don't i'm not sure there would be anyone because um, the thinking is that hucko probably does end up going round one the way that things are trending um that if Hooker does go in round one, there's not really anyone that you'd be wanting to take on day two. You might just end up with a load of day three guys, but I wouldn't. I don't think there'll be a great deal of them drafted later on. And, and thinking from your through your Seattle lens, mm-hmm. if I was Pete Pete Carroll and uh, his buddy in the GMC, what's his name again? Snyder. Snyder. I I would be calling up Arizona and seeing if we could do a little deal there because. How the Seahawks are building a good roster. Are they going to pick top five again for a wee while? Maybe not. Um, and you've still got to pick at 20 to do something decent in the first round as well. I would be looking there rather than looking for a day three prospect in this draft, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, exactly what I say. And someone like Richardson would be the perfect guy to sit behind a Geno for a year. Uh, and get up to speed with the NFL. It'd be such a great shout. Um, and we were, we were speaking just five. before as well. I don't know if you if you caught it, Duncan, before you you joined us. That um, people are seeing the amount of money that Geno Smith is being paid, but uh, he's very cuttable after year after year one. That yes, you save fourteen yeah. million against the cap if you cut him after after the first year of this contract. So to think that that um, Seattle are, are in on him for the full three years. Uh, isn't isn't necessarily isn't necessarily true that there is ways of of moving this around so it definitely doesn't take quarters back off the board i don't think yeah absolutely um and again it's a nice uh leeway into the next question my team loves a reach so focus on the reach there who might be in play with the seahawks second pick Mm. and and, and you mean who who are they going to reach for Exactly. You know, uh, we've, we've seen uh, Bruce Irvin surprise people, uh, LJ Collier, um, someone like Frank Clark, although it's a second rounder. That was uh, a big surprise. Um, who, who are the who are the people we might see as the media has now them on as a second round pick and they're going to sneak into the first? Well, I would just caveat it by saying just to protect us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the, um, that the way that this draft is that there's a load of guys who are clustered together kind of from like 15 down to what, like 60 people are going to have them out all sorts of ways it's not necessarily a, if people seen it as a down year for the draft it's a, it's a down year in blue chip talent at the top which means that you know 
teams are going to have their boards stacked differently. So uh, reach might be a, might be a push, but there's a whole host of names who who could definitely go in round one who who we just haven't been mocking there because it, really separating them grade wise is is extremely difficult. It just depends on what you like. Did that by enough time, Stu, to think of someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wondered if because we've we've seen I don't know who I, I'm not up on Seattle at the moment, but I I had thought until the if you asked me this question before the free agency when they'd um but they've signed Devin Bush now to play linebacker. I wonder whether they might have gone for someone as high as someone like a Jack Campbell. Um, they, you know they they love a linebacker early. They've done that before. Um, you think if it would be linebacker, it might not be Drew Sanders though. Hmm. We're not talking about linebackers. Um, possibly. Heart, it's just just in, in terms of like athleticism. Yeah, like he is. A, you know, they do like their athletes. You're right. Um, yeah. It's, again, it's, as I say, in this year, it is is so difficult to separate that. Because I, I would say, if you're looking at it, there's not 32 players who've got a round one grade. Yeah. But you're going to have to pick 30. Well, sorry, 31 since Miami were a bunch mm-hmm. of twats. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have to pick 31 players in Blue that first round. Um, so yeah, it's it's difficult. I'm trying to think, really, honestly, Duncan. That Give you, us a position. The, what, what position would you would you say they might reach on, Duncan? Well, I mean, my, the focus of the question, I think, is is more on who might jump from second to first rather than the focus on the Seahawks, really. But linebacker is okay. a really interesting one because it seems like there's three before a drop off. You know, you, you you mentioned two of them, and there's Trenton Simpson as well. And then, yeah. would I be right in saying there's a bit of a drop off after the first three? So that might be the position that that goes uh, late in the first because because of the drop off in, in in names. What do you think? There's this pretty good day two talent. It's just not necessarily round one talent. So I would say that there's a a drop off, but there's still guys that I think you would take in in rounds two and three. I don't know if you would agree with that, Stu. Yeah, I mean, there's there's draftable people around there. Yeah. Um, I just wonder again, because they've had an, an athletic corner do really well yeah. in Tariq Woolen, would they reach for someone like a Tyreek Stevenson? Um, to, to go there again, I don't think they do pick cornerbacks early. They tend to pick them later on. Again, it's it's what it's what is a re- this is a really difficult question because it's what mm-hmm. is a reach in this draft. Somebody yeah, might yeah. say that's that. Somebody might say you know we're just talking about Seahawks at twenty. That's a reach. Somebody might say that's a bargain at twenty. You know it's it is that kind of class. And yeah. I don't think you're going to get a nailed on consensus on any position really about where where we rank people. Yeah, thinking about it more philosophically, I guess it's going to be a bunch of teams who are going to have to reach just just to pick because there's a load of guys who who won't carry round one grades that are going to have to go in round one. I was thinking corner there. I was just flicking through my notes there, while you were speaking. Um, Keely Ringo is a guy who has, has dropped off that you're not seeing mocked in round one anymore, but definitely has potential to. Uh, and two more that I would keep an eye on as as potential. Julius Brent's had a fantastic combine and has yeah. got really good tape that he's one maybe that you're not seeing that definitely could. And the other one would be DJ Turner from Michigan, again, a corner who is ultra quick, ultra athletic. He might, Emmanuel Forbes is one that people might have heard of because you have seen him there. Um, he only weighs 166 pounds, so he's really light, but he has far more ball production than anyone else. 
uh, 14 interceptions he's got. And you look at the top guys, Devin Witherspoon's only got five and Christian Gonzalez only had one in his whole career. Uh, so he's been ultra productive. So, I mean, I wouldn't be taking him in the first round weighing 166, but someone might. It's the light, lightest mm-hmm. corner that hit the combine since the year 2000. So, you know, these these one-of-one guys, there's a, there's a one-of-one for a reason and why they're in those you know, there's reason that there's traits that are draftable and do well and go in first rounds and things. Um, I'm going to have to be a good host here uh, because we may be running out of time. We've still got three questions left. Um, okay. I'll rattle through them, but you're quality enough to give very, very good answers still. So how far does Jalen Carter fall, given everything that's happened? You've already mentioned Stenson Bennett. Uh, not the same, but what do you think? We've kind of we kind of talked touched about this yesterday, didn't we? When we were, when mm-hmm. we were talking about it, um, if he is still on the board at ten, I can't see the Philadelphia Eagles passing on him. Um, I think that's as far as he will go. Um, he's got the right people there. He's got Fletcher Cox as that experienced guy. He's there for another year. He's got his mate Jordan Davis. They've got no um, linebacker. Nicobe Dean. Dean. I'm on to this year's Georgia players already. Um, Nicobe Dean there as well. So there's a bit of familiarity there as well. I can't see him going further than that, to be honest. I'm not sure um, in the end it's going to drop him at all because I think this is all kind of getting sorted out. We know um, kind of the the, the legal stuff is settled. Uh, We know how much private investigators to go through their whole history, go through all the whole social media and things like that. So I think in the end, um, right now, if I was to kind of what I think, I don't think it, it really changes anything. So again, in the, in this draft, um, there's a lack of blue chip players and someone will think, well, who else are we going to take? This guy's probably worth the risk. A little more La- uh, Laramie Tunsil than Lyle Collins. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, why isn't there more love for Tajay Spears? Uh, he's explosive and durable and was largely responsible for Tulane's remarkable success last season. What, what, what's, what's Spears? Running back? Running back, yep. yeah. And who, whoever sent in this question, you need to go back, listen to some, <laughs> some of our previous episodes because he was um, ranked as a top five running back by all three of us. So go and, uh, go and check out the running back episode because we talked about him at length. Uh, but yeah, we we all really like him. I think we both had him at number five, and MG made him. We had him at four. Was that right? I had, him, like that? I had him at four. You two. Yeah, there was two 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 at five and one at four. So draft top podcast, love him. We all we all like yeah. Taiji Spears. So um, yeah, he's going to be. There is one running back dominating the talk, isn't exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but Taiji Spears, second rounder for me, I would think. Um, Probably the later the second round, but yeah, he's a very good player, and we we all, we all really like Taiji Spears, so he's getting a little bit of love from us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last question: um, Are there any players who are just so obviously a match for a team, uh, either the way they play or what the tro- coach is trying to put together? Uh, I've seen people talk about uh, now. What's what's the safety of uh, safety? Uh, Brian Branch. Brian, Brian Branch, Branch yeah. seems like. A typical Buccaneer. Um, something like that. What do you think? Is there anyone that's just is so obviously going to be picked by that team? I would say Tyree Wilson and the Seahawks is the first 
really obvious one. You, you've seen it that a lot. And, um, it, 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 whether he's worth that pick is a different question, but it tends to be what, what the Seahawks like to go after. Yeah, the moment he stuck out his arms uh, with yeah. that reach, you just know that uh, the Seahawks were drooling. Another one that people like to do is is the is the father son connection of Joey Porter as a as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he's a player who could be available in that range at a position of need for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well at corner. So um, we've seen a lot of people make that connection. Um, I was listening to a podcast today and people said that Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee Times, looks like a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, so he's he's another one that I think that could could fit a mould there as well. Um, Devin yeah, Witherspoon, Lion. Yeah, Devin Witherspoon is fairly similar. He could be both. Yeah, he's a physical. yeah he's a he's a smaller corner if you you know not onto Devin Witherspoon, but. He hits like a ton of bricks and he's a real physical, mouthy kind of guy. And he would fit into, into both of those kind of teams pretty well. Um, the one I'd pick as well, and I don't know if Owen would agree with me. I think Dewan Jones, who's a massive tackle. I could see Bill Belichick liking Dewan Jones. Um, you've seen him before with Trent Brown, who's a big, huge lump of yeah. a guy, and he's he's drafted Marcus him, come, gone away and brought him back in again as well. So he might be someone that Belichick would like. Um, yeah, anyone else one you can think on? No, well, you're saying Dewan Jones, I was actually thinking the Buffalo Bills because I think that they probably move on from Spencer Brown. He hasn't been who. Yeah. They thought he was, um, and another big athletic player to to fill in that right side. So uh, I guess not disagreeing with the with the, but I would be surprised if he went at that high to the Patriots. And I actually like Brian Branch to the Patriots and kinds of mm-hmm. in terms of the fit. Whether they end up taking him is a different question. Um, but but I, I really like that, and they, they they're going to need some help in the secondary. So I I, I quite like that fit there as well. And I guess uh, just thinking out loud, the, the Packers always go for big, powerful edge players. So maybe like a Lucas Van Ness to the Packers would be a... Yeah, I'm seeing like that everywhere fit. as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, some great shouts. Uh, and uh, so brief. Uh, you mentioned Joey Porter and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is next year Marvin Harrison? It is. That's going to be oh, a good one. Very, he's very, a quality player as well, player. isn't he? Oh, yes. He would be a top five player. We'll be... Uh, We'll be talking a lot better about Marvin Harrison once mm. this draft's over. He will be, yeah, we always try not look ahead to next year's draft, but yeah. you can't help it when you're watching tapes. And Marvin Harrison is one I'm really excited to to get a bit more on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm excited to watch him uh, this year. And thanks, guys. Thanks. That is all for today's show. That was really, really interesting. Um, Everyone write in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and you can tweet us at 99 Yards. Thanks for listening. Yeah.